Welcome to the Creative Marinade podcast with me, Francisco Rebello, and my good design, creative technology, Sydney Central Coast friend, Sarah Bracken. Woo! All these labels. I live in two places at once. Like, how's that? <laughs> true, true, true. Okay, I'm just going to put it out there mm. that this is the first recording of the podcast. So bear with any technical difficulties. Yeah. But because it's the first because it's the first podcast, that means um Sarah is a trusted friend who's helping who helps me out and also I go to for like all my design questions, career questions, um, as well as like wanting to do like sick designs and like visually cool stuff. She also shares similar goals around like helping others, like helping younger creatives, um, having like a design community. And also like she works in technology and I'm a digital designer and she knows her stuff with regards to development and everything like that. So <laughs> uh, maybe Sarah you, Sarah, you give yourself the introduction that I couldn't do. Oh my gosh, no, that was better than what I could have done. Um, it's actually been a whole week of introductions because I have just started a new, new job and met with a lot of the directors and in each of the meetings you have to introduce yourself and every day I'm like getting practice doing it and it doesn't make it any easier. I'm like, my name's Sarah. <laughs> I'm a designer and a developer. <laughs> um, but I'm excited to be the first, first podcast. Um, nice. I feel like sometimes... The first is, um, you know, I'm more. It's more forgiven if something goes wrong, but also like the first pancakes are usually really shit. Like you have to like chuck it out and like what well, eat it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully, I'm not the first pancake. The one that's all covered yeah, in butter and stuff. <laughs> and Fanny, if anything, it's um, going to be the most natural because it's just, as we said, it's just a normal conversation that we have between each other. Mm. So maybe it's less structured and more fun. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe you'll be the cool one. You'll look back and be like, no, oh, those are the cool days. Mm, true, true, true. Yeah, before we sold out. <laughs> yeah. Before we had ads. Before Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, um, yeah, no, I'll introduce myself. Um, okay, so I'm a – oh, I studied as a designer. Um, so formally trained as a designer, but I also took electives in development, um, so web development. Um, I also grew up around a lot of development. Like my dad had an IT company in New Zealand. Um, so it was always kind of like around computers and around software and stuff. Um, and when we moved to Australia as well, he had a job as, a, or has a job still, um, as a database architect. So kind of always been around the Cody stuff. And like he, like, I think I was like the son he never had. Like he knew he couldn't get my sister interested in it. So he's like forced it on me. Um, like always bought me kind of like, like Dick Smith electronic kits and stuff like that. So I'd always learn about like machines and how they work and had a bit of a fascination for that. Um, and yeah, so like, I think my whole career has always kind of been like 50, 50 design development. And so I think my role technically is like creative technologist, but sometimes I'm like, I'll have days where I'm purely a designer and other days where I'm purely a developer. Um, yeah. 
And in my spare time, I volunteer for the design kids. Yeah, other spare time, I hang out with my cool de designer friends like Francisco. <laughs> yeah. I know you through the design kids first and yeah. like, I, I think that's an important common ground that we share, like not necessarily just the organization, but just like what we think is important and things like that. Like what's, where, what, what do you do with them and why did you want to get involved with them and mm. how does that align with what you do? Not so many questions. <laughs> um, no, maybe that's yeah. just one question. That's <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll fumble my way through it. Um, yeah, firstly, like I, without the design kids, like I wouldn't have made so many great design friends like yourself. Um, and yeah, for me, I came to it cause I, I actually, so it was two things at once. Like I was doing a lot of meetups. Like I was trying to put myself out, out of my comfort zone, um, get more confident. Um, like I, I always had like good friends and stuff like that, but like public speaking was always daunting AF for me. Um, and um yeah so I thought going to meetups would be a great chance to like meet like-minded people but also kind of like you know uh practice introducing myself or like making new friends and all that kind of stuff and just help with confidence and so I was kind of in a bit of a role in my life of just like always on meetup.com like or eventbrite just like looking for what kind of creative events are happening or like social enterprise events are happening and um I came across the design kids um and I was like, oh my gosh, design and like events. Like what? That's what a combination. Why didn't I think of this before? Um, and also um, I was a second semester into my master's degree at the time. Um, and it was when I came across the design kids that I realized I had actually started my master's. Um, it was just to get that creative connection with designers again. It wasn't actually because there's anything I felt like mm. I wanted to learn oh. more. I was like, I felt like, you know, in, in my gut that I was like, I need to go back to uni. Like there's something I'm missing from it, blah, blah, blah. Like I just want to go back. And I thought it was a, a big part of it was to be at the cusp of like learning what's new in design and that, that feeling like I was there again. But I think most of it was the fact that I just missed those like creative conversations um, and being an in-house designer, like I was often the only creative. And so I was definitely missing that. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so yeah. I, 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 saw that they had an ad up um, to ask for help in Sydney. And I had no idea what that meant. Um, <laughs> it just said, like, if you're, if you've been in the industry as a designer for five years and um, you want to help, um, please send a message to Bo. So I did. Um, yeah. And I just thought like he wanted me to shoot people emails or like, I don't know, bring pens along to meetups or something. I don't know what involved. Um, yeah. And so I just like said, like, I'm, I'm here to help however, however you want me to help and yeah so uh just jumped right in um and that was 2017 2018 maybe so a few years ago um but yeah instantly I realized it was something I was going to stick around for because it it it's um volunteer run essentially and the whole aim is just to to take that that period of time from when you graduate university and you're trying to find your first job and just make it something that's not as horrible as it normally is because I, I found often that in the industry they just kind of like shove you out the door of uni and they're like figure it out and you're like whoa what do I do and it's mm. like they, they show you how to make a portfolio and all that but there's so many skills like soft skills or just like like I had no idea what it looked like inside of the um studio or or all these sorts of things and 
it just it tries to like ease you into getting your first job or get you um, in front of the right people or um, just learning more about the industry. Um, yeah, and also helping designers network. And yeah. yeah, yeah, like um, I was gonna say for people that don't know, like <clears throat> the design kids. Without giving it the big spiel, but what it what it is to me or what it could be to people, <clears throat> they have this in different cities around the world, even in London, Sydney, Melbourne, 70 cities around the really? world. But um, when it's, this is like not in COVID times, yeah. it's like there's a calendar, there's, there's um, TDK Tuesdays and there's normally a talk, maybe it's hosted by an agency, you go into the agency, they do a presentation, blah, blah, blah. Not only that, you after that, they might go to the pub or you basically meet other people, like designers of your age, or not just necessarily of your age. All different states. But, um, yeah. but all like kind of, yes, beginning, uh, like graduate and starting off designers. And to your point, like for me, even though I'm from London, like I grew up in like Northwest London, and so like the way London set up is all the, the business and stuff is in the center. And then in the most recent times, East London became cool. South London became cool. So they, then all these like uh, agencies started happening over there. So even though I was in London on the suburbs with like everyone else, I was like a whole different world from this cool hipster mm -hmm. design uh world so before necessary the design kids but i can't remember what i used to use but i used to use whatever i could to go to talks in wherever like how in a magazine doing a talk uh, um an agency doing a talk a designer people doing a talk in the apple store and stuff like that in the art galleries I, i'd always ask the questions at the end like i'd go up to my favorite <laughs> designer and ask them like what did you do and or like I'd like never be afraid to ask like, oh, so what's your advice to someone starting off? And so what I'm trying to say is like, you, it, it, like you kind of, it helps to, because when you're here on your own in mm. the, uh, in the central coast or Western Sydney or something, and you're technically in Australia and Sydney and the Western world, but you're still far away from like, the kind of world of people networking and agencies yeah. and stuff. You don't so have it, helps, a lot of community. it helps to just be around yeah. to just see what people are wearing, what people are talking about, like what people like this person left that company. Oh, that company thought was really good. Isn't actually that good. Or yeah. like just rather than being so distant and all you're doing is emailing companies and like not getting replies because it's just a whole digital experience. Like get yourself <clears throat> out there meet meet other people and things like that and like the design kids is one organization that sets it up for you like that which is like like one thing let's talk about volunteering like as a thing as a thing of like doing stuff oh like outside of work how do you mm -hmm. cope with i remember i did i did the talk with the you and the design kids last year and I wanted to cancel it because I was like, no, nah, this thing's going to go wrong. Oh, it was amazing, too. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I was like, and you, I was like, 
yeah, let's just do it next month, blah, blah, blah. You were like, you're feeling anxious. You're like, that anxious feeling I have every week or something like that. I was like, okay, how do you do you, <laughs> you said to me, that anxious feeling you've had every week for the last two years or something like that. And then I was like, okay, okay, this this is doable then. Like, it's just a normal, uh, it's, yeah. I'm okay to have this feeling, but like, yeah. you can, it, that's not a reason to like necessarily pull the pull the plug on my idea. So how yeah. do you how do you cope with that anxiousness of like you have this bigger like uh, thing in your life like bigger mission and stuff, but how do you also manage it in your like life and do um, I manage it? <laughs> yeah. I think sometimes I come across like like. I'm all over the place and that's what I'm not managing it. Like if someone messages me and then like, I'll reply like two days later, I'm like, like life is crazy. Like it's not, I'm not, you know, I don't have it all together all the time. Sometimes it's a lot calmer and other times when everything is happening at once, like we're organizing a design kids event and I've got like two sea ship at events that week or something crazy. Like, and plus work is busy (laughs) plus social things or someone like a friend really needs me. Like those times are like busy, but, whenever I feel that anxiety around an event, it's because I know that I care about it that much. Like, and I'm excited that I'm participating in something that, that I care about enough that I'm worried that it's going to go wrong. You know, like if I didn't care about it, then it's like, well, why would I waste my time doing it? Um, yeah. And yeah, I think you've got to like, you can feel that fear and do it anyway, you know, like just because you're feeling it doesn't always mean that, it's an indication that you need to move away from it. Um, yeah, definitely. Though I'm still learning balance, so <laughs> not the right person to answer. Yeah. I think I, yeah, I couldn't see my life being different though. Like, not filled with those things. Like, I think what would I do otherwise? Like, I would just watch Netflix and like, which is great, but like, I'd probably look like watch too much of it and just turn my brain to mush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got a question that's come up to me. Like, um, how do you? Well, I kind of know. Okay, right. Well, like, there's your work, yes, and then there's volunteering, which is quite um, your vocation, things you're really passionate about. But your work often, like, you also use your values system to kind of decide on your actual yeah your design jobs and technology jobs and stuff like that maybe I don't know if it's with regards to past jobs freelance jobs or current jobs like how does your that sort of beliefs and values help you decide on what work you're doing or or even how does it affect your work like sometimes like you've told me like or like when you have disagreements and stuff like <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. I think because you are at core, you have all these values and things, but they don't leave you when you in your professional, yeah, like nine to five jobs. How does that, like, how do those things line up? It's tricky because, like, I definitely feel sometimes like you know, not everyone gets the opportunity to marry up uh, these core values or these ethics with their vocation and their day job. and um, so every time it kind of like stirs up in me that I need that to fix something or like something's not sitting right, like, um, like in my career that I'm always like, oh, like, you know, 
there's plenty of jobs where you're not doing like you, you're doing it to get paid like uh to pay your rent like you know maybe you shouldn't worry so much about um making sure that it's it's fulfilling you um like in your and like from a value sense but um yeah sometimes I, I just can't ignore it like um like I can't ignore the feeling of uh I think it's a, like integrity right like for me that's probably one of my highest values is like saying that I care about something um and then with my actions showing that I care about it um yeah, yeah. And as soon as that gets out of alignment, like I feel like other areas of my life doesn't feel aligned. And so I have to like, like I start like feeling sick. Like I just, all these things start falling apart. So I have to go back to like yeah. making sure that like, am I in like the career like place that is going to get me to having that value meeting my job type thing? Like, but there's also, I think there's definitely periods of time where you're in a job and it's not completely aligned with your values. Like it's not against it, but it's not fulfilling you. But it's definitely like a learning period. Like I think there's like these stretches of this learning period time where you're upskilling and then you can take that into the next stage, which is when you're giving back. So you're you're using those skills to give back to the thing that you're passionate about. You know, I think there's a balance of that. Like if it was always... Like I've not found in my career that it's been consistently me giving back to the things that I care about the whole way through. Um, but yeah, I like to kind of use it as a yeah. starting path. It's tricky. What do you think? <laughs> I think I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot with a with a question. I yeah. Thought of like, do you have like, do you think you have like one like principle that you most like guide you to say like oh this is this is worth doing or this is good or low like mm. if they didn't meet this principle you'd be like oh i don't i wouldn't i wouldn't want to go down that route oh i guess like oh there's heaps <laughs> <laughs> um what, what would be one word to sum it up or what do you want your work to do maybe like maybe that if you're in the future mm. you're a creative technology designer like what would be the kind of thing that you'd want to be doing with that yeah right I like I fundamentally believe that we can use design and development like design and technology um as a force for social mm -hmm. good um but there's mm -hmm. a lot of areas in like social change that like I'm passionate about um like refugees um like just basic human rights some people don't even get that um mm -hmm uh animal yeah. rights um well mostly in that umbrella factory farming is like my passion point i just don't understand it mm. it's disgusting um mm. yeah but like i don't know even just as a tool for education like helping people to like elevate themselves out of even just a dark place maybe not necessarily like poor mental health but just not feeling the best like i feel like design and technology has that potential and i'd rather be on the side of it bringing people up rather than the side of it, which I've had experience in, in my career, which is where it like, we can use design and essentially in like an advertising way, like to manipulate people yeah, to doing things that do and it's not good for them. Yeah. Like, it brings us yeah. money as a company. Yeah. Like for me, that's always where I feel like I'm on the wrong side. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Like, I, like, I, you like, I feel like sometimes people think like design 
and design is like a a useless thing that has that's just like an extra thing but it's, not. it's actually like it's, communication. it's just it's more it's more subtle it's like the reason why you spend more money to buy a macbook than mm. another thing or to buy the night trainers as opposed to the other ones like it's because the design the marketing all the creative has put all the planted all the seeds to make you think to make that decision and yeah so it's communicating if, like, so it's you go you go sorry <laughs> Yeah, no, so I'm just saying, like, those same, it, it's not just an extra flurry, like, it's not an extra just, like, thing. Those core things can be put towards yeah. other messages that you might want to put out there in, in the world, and yeah. they can go through. And it's not like, it's not, yeah, it's, it's not like the sugar sprinkles on the top of the cake. It's like, it is the cake, it's like the core <laughs> thing that we're, like, it's more subtle than we know, and I think that mm. when, when, like, when we harness that, like, we communicate to people without them really mm, knowing. Definitely. I don't know. It's, no, I feel sorry, like I just waffled. Do you, no, no, you no, say no. what you're saying? I can continue waffling in that direction because I mm. love that. Yeah, I mean, because you can treat it like it's just the sprinkles, um, and like essentially like a mask. Like you know, here's the product, and we're going to decorate it with these nice pictures and arrows, and like you'll get excited about it because we know that people will buy things with this decoration on it, whatever. You can think of it like that sense. But people, I, I just think people don't recognize that the audience is smart enough and intuitive enough to pick up that that's inauthentic. And, but also in the same thing, like aside from the fact that it's an inauthentic approach, it's also like you're missing an opportunity to communicate the real values behind the company. Um, or behind the product, whatever, which might actually excite like a, a group of people and reach an audience and, and make them uh, like loyal to whatever it is that you as a company value. Um, yeah, I think like it's an opportunity to communicate at a way that goes beyond just the written word and I think therefore is more accessible to like everyone, like whether or not you can, like you're literate or you know English well or whatever, like it's uh, in the same way that art, like it transcends, or ideally good art, transcends like all levels of society and like all demographics, like everyone can appreciate it and feel it. Like I think design is that, um, but it has an intent to communicate something about the brand. Um, yeah. We, we, we went deep just then. I think what really bugs me is I get asked just to copy, like as a designer, um, like I get asked, mm. oh, let's just make it look like this company. And I'm like, okay, yes, but why, why are we communicating what that company is communicating? Like, is it coming? Like, do we agree with their values or do we just like the way it looks? Yeah. Like, I feel like as soon as you're copying someone else, you're not sure of your, your own values, right? Like, cause you're, if you were confident in who you were as a brand, as a person, whatever, you would know what to communicate about yourself. Whereas as soon as you're not, then you start looking at other things for inspiration. So it's always a right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's because they think it's like just about how it looks. Yeah. Not about the cool. Right. Anyway, right. I wanted to go to you being a developer mm -hmm. and like creative technology, maybe even with like, I feel like the point of this, me doing this podcast is to introduce 
different young like young people or whoever's watching to like the different ideas of what different people do professionally mm -hmm. for example like maybe I don't know if it's a stereotype, but like I know there's things about like girls who code and things like that. Like maybe there's not enough like female developers and uh, and things like that. And also like with me, I when I think of development, I think of it being something that I can't do. Like oh, there's creatives here. There's me thinking about colors, and then when I look at code, it's like if it feels very intimidating, but then I also, and I, there's also lots of like developers that are like fairly binary and like stuff like that. But working in my, my company S1T2 and working with previous like creative developers like yourself, hmm. it's like, it's just a different way of being creative and it is. different. And it's like, it's not the truth that is creatives here and developments here. It's just, you're being creative. I, I can't, I can't get my head around it, but like you can. So maybe like to, um, you've spoken to me before about like how the development side is a different part of your brain that yes. sometimes allows you to take a break from being a designer and stuff. So <laughs> yeah, maybe tell talk about you being a developer and technologist and engineer. Yeah. I feel like, so for me, development has always been like, like it even started with like, school right like I loved maths and physics like they were my subjects up until year 12 and but I also loved like textiles and art and like society and culture like so it was like very much like I loved ones that are about you learn the rules like the principles uh or like first principles as they call it and like and then you apply that like to the science but then like the art stuff is like there are no rules and as soon as you start following the rules you're like buggering it up like you want to push out of the rules so like and I was always drawn to both of those to the point where like I had teachers like my physics teacher was like he's like oh are you sure you should like he's like you're getting good marks but are you sure you should be doing this because your other classes like you're the only one in here who does art kind of thing like it was just kind of like they could see that it was a mismatch like they're like maybe you should stick to one kind of grouping of of uh of classes um but for me, it always like it felt like it was satisfying both parts of how my brain worked. Um, and I think the more I think about it as well, like the more I realize that like I think my brain just likes like systems, like it likes figuring out how things work in terms of like not just for like like the individual parts of what makes it up, but how the parts interact. And for me, that I can mm. see that in coding. So that coding it doesn't work unless you figure out how this bit talks to this bit. Um, yeah. And how like this component can connect to this component. Like it's all about like a systems thinking approach and my approach to design, which is definitely not necessarily the only way or the best way. It's just the way that I've learned to do it is like, I really enjoy finding like the core concept and like making every part kind of relate to that and talk to it and tell the same story. Um, yeah, so I feel like I've kind of pulled them, try to bring them together in my brain. <laughs> um, but back to your question, like I think some days uh, I'm just, I'm not in a mood to kind of reinvent the wheel or to think conceptually or like, yeah, it can be like hourly, it can be daily, it can be weekly, but like I definitely flip between the two. And like, yes, those days for me coding is like, 
the best thing in the world. I'm like, I would do this forever. Why do I like, why would I bother designing? Like, this is great. And then other days I'm like, following the rules seems like the worst idea in the world. I don't want to do that. I want to be a rebel. I want to disrupt. I want to question things. And on those days I love creating. So like, I've always found it like, like such a satisfying career choice to pick doing design and development um, because like at all points I'm feeling satisfied. Um, as long as I'm in the opportunity where I kind of get to pick what to do with my day, obviously not every career like you get, like you might just get fed the task in the morning. Um, but yeah, most of the time I've been pretty lucky that I get to choose how my day turns out. Which yeah. comes down to like good bosses, how do you think- like bosses. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like, actually I'm kind of curious to hear more about like, so you're based in the Central Coast, which is what three hours north of Sydney. Two? Yeah, two. Sorry, okay, but like, I guess you you got this like mixed skill set of design and creative tech and like technology, but you've also like you worked in the magazine before. You've worked kind of outside of Sydney in the Central Coast, and how have you kind of managed your career path if you graduated from design mm-hmm. um but you do design you do technology you've worked in print um and i think interior design you were telling me before like tell us a little bit about that that journey and including the freelance and stuff you're doing today um well yeah it sounds like i've done a lot but i've always done the same thing in each of those roles <laughs> um i sorry graduated and I got my internship, which ended up being my first job as well, um, at a fintech startup, uh, which was really cool. I knew nothing and I still know very little about finance, but um, I did learn a little bit (laughs) at the time. But just being around like a startup and a startup mentality, I think was the best thing. Um, It's like, I'm the kind of person I really value like all hands on deck mentality, like just from a young age, I've always liked it when everyone gets it and helps and we're all doing it together. Like that's the kind of thing that I really get excited about so for me like startup world was like great for that um and yeah it taught me a lot of good skills about I don't know I mean good or bad depending on who you ask but I always kind of learned to say yes to everything career-wise in that sense like if someone says you're hired for this like yes we hired you as the web developer slash graphic designer but can you do some marketing and I'm like oh yeah like what's that like teach me like and I was always saying yes and so then I would always get trusted with more and I think I wouldn't have grown yeah. in my career like I did if it wasn't for that kind of attitude. And that attitude was almost like forced on me because that's the only way that a startup su- survives is if everyone has that mentality. Um, and then yeah, yeah. my next job was um, at an architecture practice. So again, just doing the um, the websites and the graphic design. Um, so basically like, with an architecture practice if they do like a multi-res build um so multi-residential building um they usually brand it so like you give it like this wanky name <laughs> which takes a lot of time <laughs> to this wanky name so every time you see a wanky name i want you to think about how long someone thought about that um and <laughs> you have to build out like the brand behind it and like you kind of like study the area like did, were you doing that as well yeah it was really cool were you so involved really- in the branding yeah, okay, cool. I was the marketing team. It was insane because he was promoting us as like, you know, we're an architecture practice with like, um, we also had this media company 
as part of the architecture practice and it was me and I was like please don't oversell us <laughs> like I am one person <laughs> I am like a junior designer essentially I think I was like I was paid junior but I was getting towards midway by that time but anyway um oh yeah it was a lot but he was an amazing boss because he trusted he like he knew I was junior but he said like he always kind of had the mentality like give someone a big task and let them step up to it and they'll grow um and so he was really good mm -hmm. with like you know he knew that I didn't know a lot of these things but he's like figure out how to make a website in a week Sarah like you'll <laughs> you can do it faster than that um anyway yeah so like um we'd that, that's also where I learned about branding. So, like, I felt very, like, overwhelmed. Like, I don't remember learning about branding at school. I was definitely on YouTube a lot, like, on the future and stuff like that, learning about how they approach branding, uh, reading lots of books about that and copywriting and all these sorts of things. And, um, yeah, so I got – it was definitely the role was, like, 30% branding or brand strategy, 30% um, web development, 30% graphic design. So, like, the graphic design there will be, like, designing the logo for the building. It sounds so stupid. Um, and then the, like the brochure um, and the website. Um, and then also like the, mm. the website for like the architecture practice and then the flyers and stuff that go with that. Um, it was a really cool job, really cool boss. Like I loved it. It was um, a lot of hours and not great pay, but I don't know. We kind of expected that back then maybe. <laughs> it was like more normal to be underpaid for a little work. Um, and then I wanted to stay in the architecture interior world. Because um, for me, I felt like I really wanted to get into experiential design, like the design of experiencing things. I didn't know how to get there. Um, and so I felt like I wanted to stay in this world a little bit longer with industry. Um, so I took a job at a wallpaper slash interior textile company. Um, so it was the other end of the, like, architecture world. So, like, we would always have these... Um, uh, people come to the architecture practice and then try to get their product spec or specified in the hotel or whatever we were building. And so I'd moved to one of those companies that would always be trying to sell us wallpaper or whatever. Um, so it was really cool to be on the other side. And um, I was meant to do like a, as part of like my job, I was meant to be designing wallpapers, but that was like ended up being a tiny part of my role. Um, what was, did you do that? I would yeah, love to do that. Hardly. Like, it was like, I thought that was going to be all of my role. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Like, it was. <laughs> that would be my dream job. Yeah, it was so cool. <laughs> and they, it, like, because like, most of the time, like, so there would have been for commercial um, buildings. Like, they were the only ones that could afford to have it be specifically designed. But they ended up just being like, they would want a big picture of flowers or something like that. It wasn't anything like, they didn't get to design the pattern itself, which. I okay. I love doing yeah. that at uni. Like I did a um, yeah. textiles yeah, and cool. yeah, it's really tricky to try to figure out again, system thinking, try to figure out how to make the pattern work when it repeats. Anyway. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I ended up doing most of like their marketing. So it was like building their websites. They had a residential website and a commercial, like a new commercial arm of the company that they needed a website and branding for. And then social media, which I had no idea how to do that. So I took myself through a few courses to figure out how to like understand algorithms on social media and stuff like that. But I'm still pretty average. Oh, really? Yeah. I have no idea how to make a Facebook okay. ad. Like, I'm not qualified still, but I, I learned how to like not, mm. not do the wrong things at least, like not get yourself whitelisted by Instagram. Um, <laughs> and mm. what else was I doing? Just general graphic design. So like flyers and stuff like that as well. 
Um, but, and also like maintaining the website that ended up being a big part of the job was like every time we got new products in, like making the CSV to upload to the site and maintain all the products. And yeah, um, it was like a job where like at the end of it, they were like, what do you want to call your role? Because we don't know what you do anymore. Like it's like all of the marketing stuff, but um, yeah, <laughs> it was, a, again, it was a lot of work that I had taken on and I was not, the pay wasn't really reflecting it. Um, but well, I still well, for reference for other people, would you yeah. say you're like midweight at this point? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Well, probably you're probably midweight. senior really in that company if you're doing everything. Yeah. Well, I was essentially what I learned later on was doing the role of marketing coordinator, mm. um, or like a creative director, mm-hmm. but I was like, I think mm. I was on 60 K there, um, and working ridiculous hours, like, you know, start at eight, finish, Anywhere between seven, sometimes eleven. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and um, I, I think I burnt myself out doing that as well. Um, is when I started to do TDK, so I was still learning how to do outside of work activities, helping okay, okay. all of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I was also like kind of looking inwards of like wanting to follow more, um, more into a career that aligned with my values. Um, and my friend reached out with, he knew someone who knew someone who was hiring at this, um, magazine company and they had vegan magazines and who knew that I was vegan and Mm -hmm. I liked designing. Um, but the role was for a front end developer. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like I was in a position where I thought I've spread myself too thin. I've become jack of all trades, master of none. Like I know a lot of little bits about marketing and design and whatever and, I'm just becoming average at all of them. Um, I would really like to get specifically mm-hmm. good at one thing so that I'm needed. <laughs> um, and I was like, front-end development, good. And so I took this role and then maybe within like six months or yeah, probably like even shorter, like they already had me doing design stuff. So like digital design work. Um, and then, yeah, pretty quickly I was just, uh, I was doing development slash design again. <laughs> um and yeah and then you went freelance yeah and then so this got this year oh my god what year are we in last year so halfway through 2021 um i went full into freelancing um and that was obviously to get myself closer to working with more clients that um like i really connected with um like more purpose-driven kind of brands i'm really passionate about social enterprise so brands that exist to like like they make profits to then give back to society in some way, like a social group or fix something um, rather than just profits for profit's sake or growth for growth's sake. Um, and mm. yeah, like I was like, Oh, how do I get involved with those? And freelancing seemed like the best option. Um, and the weird thing is like, I didn't advertise, but I guess I talk about <laughs> my feelings a lot in terms of like what I care about. So people would tell friends and stuff like that. And I would get clients who actually ended up being really like-minded and purpose-driven without me having to kind of like put it out there, like on the internet that I was doing. You never had a website. No, I never, that was my one goal for the last six months is like, (laughs) I've got a website, but it's, it's old. It's from when I was applying for the wallpaper job. So it's, it's out of date. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 You didn't, I know you, that you didn't have a current website. No, I don't. And I wanted it to be like, you know, this is me and these are the values I care about. Like basically only like 
like if you have the similar mindset, let's work together. Otherwise, I don't know if I want to talk to you. <laughs> don't waste your time with me. I'm going to annoy you. Um, yeah, and I never got around to it, but it was weird. Like just the right clients came in at the right time and they all cared about different things. But like- Had they, you started designing that website, by the way? I have started designing it, but definitely like it's like really bits and pieces, like the way I kind of like- that yeah i pull like different i'm trying i've got lots of different ideas that i want to pull together and they definitely don't work together at the moment <laughs> so i'm trying to find like a yeah, yeah. a system that that marries it all together well um but i want it to be that's how i want to do my next website oh, it's yeah, not yeah. going to be a portfolio of like here's my best project it's like boom this is me this is what i'm this is what i've come to do in the world and that's it, bro. And if yeah. you like it, you like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think I want to have too much work. But I didn't think I did because I, I was like, I don't really have much social enterprise-y purpose-driven work that I've done. But now I can put a lot of the clients that I've done in the last six months on there. But I'm like, I don't, I would just want it to be about the story of what I care about more than the work I've done. Yeah. 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 That's true. Um, And so mm. now, and now you work in a new big company yeah talk a little bit about that you only just started i guess i did first week so i still feel like yeah. i haven't put it on my linkedin <laughs> um okay you don't want to mention it we have to no, no, no. we're not facebook official yet um, <laughs> yeah. um yeah and it's also really strange because i've always worked in like small to medium-sized companies in-house like I was like I've obviously this is who I am forever now like this is the only thing I can do is be like like kind of two person in one role like designer developer or two for the price of one for like a small company that would really appreciate paying one person's wages to get two people's worth of work out of them um mm -hmm. and I thought that's my only value to the industry but um yeah I got approached by RDA to do it's like technically I'm a software engineer but it sounds um, it's definitely more like creative technology kind of role. They said that they are hiring me because of my appreciation and understanding of design. Um, and they, I think they, from what I've learned this week, they tend to hire people who, who have kind of like, they're a bit of a slashy. So they are something and something because they want people who offer like different perspectives and different approaches um, to like a traditional approach to something. And yeah, so RGA so far seems pretty phenomenal to work for. And I'm like overwhelmed. I feel like a kid in a candy store. Like there's just so many smart, amazing people that I'm like, I want to talk to you and pick your brain and like learn from you and just like be around mm. your designness. <laughs> I'm not used to it. Like sometimes in most of the company that, companies I've worked for, except the last one, like I was the only designer and I like just felt like a crazy person who cared about like, you know, kerning or whatever, like, and you'd chat. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's actually, I think that's like hearing, hearing your different companies and then where you've ended up now is like, like, you know, the talk I did last year with the borderless and I feel like the message that young people need to maybe hear mm. is that look where you had you went through like architecture company learning about um instagram adverts and the magazine magazine freelance and yeah. now you're at this cool job but 
the the mistake that we all make is like we just see the cool job and be like oh why am i not why am i not that or why am how come mm. like yeah like, like but the truth of how a person got there may have been through di doing different things and also what i actually like really really like like that all that life experience or being a designer in a completely different context like because i've worked in i have worked in a in how in in-house in my beginning of my career and i also worked in small agencies and big agencies and i feel like i feel like if i only worked in big agencies i'd only know how to be like everything would be perfect like okay <laughs> like you know I don't, like all the software is already there you don't have to think yeah. about it, all the like all these things and but as you said like like let's say if you you just worked in a big company and you're making a Facebook ad but now you worked in the small company and you were like running the ads and you were like looking at the strategy and the analytics and blah 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 what's the best time to post it like you have more experience of this Facebook ad than just doing the bit part which is like designing it in photoshop or, or whatever mm. it is like like it's a different experience for yeah sure. like i think yeah like being a designer isn't just like sitting in front of the desk and you've done all these different things that help you to become a better <coughs> sorry designer creative yeah yeah well i hope it's um not spoiled my brain or like <laughs> <laughs> made me a worse designer or more average but um yeah I think it's all no, talking no, no, no. how to like be part of a team and like what all the little bits that go into making something happen as well like I think I understand like like I've been involved with like or being the one who has to run the campaign from the start and design it all the way out to the end and like measure the like how successful it was and so now that I have that appreciation for it when I'm in a big company, even though I'm not involved in every part of the process, I can kind of see the bigger picture, which is really nice. Um, it's also amazing going from a small company where the budget is nothing and you have to like scrimp and save and find really, like, really clever ways of like doing things. Like we didn't have like uh, photography budgets and stuff at most of the jobs I worked for. So it was either me having to do the photography, which is never a good idea. Um, and um or like kind of doing like mock-ups like make something in photoshop that looks like we took the photo um mm. and so like now like i'm in a company with budgets so i'm like what like we can actually do whatever like what um and also like i've worked in previous jobs where like i had to bring my own laptop and supply my own adobe software like and yeah, yeah, yeah yeah now when i'm in a company where that's given to me like i'm really appreciative of it because i know that that's not always the case so it's yeah, kind of getting a taste for both is, I guess, a good idea to see what what suits you best, um, and learning to appreciate what, the good things about either side. Yeah. Mm. Do you think you would what ever do, do think... in house again? Pardon? You like? Do you think you would, would ever do in house again? Yeah, like you seem so agency minded. No. I definitely would like I I don't really care in that yeah. sense like I off like agency or not like I, I like the thing I like about agencies is like so many 
like one year is filled with different projects and different brands and different challenges and like mm. especially my agency like there's like one minute you're rebranding a school then you're making an app for for children to learn internet stuff and then you're like the variety like um, I, th I guess I always think about my portfolio and like I just want to be the sickest <laughs> with the coolest <laughs> like, like I just want that portfolio of like I can do everything I can um like I want to do like solve good problems and and, and things like mm. things like that um but like I th I think though like I spoke to someone else about like they went in like I would definitely go in-house I would I'd be unhappy going in-house but also agency wise with a thing that I didn't like I wasn't or I didn't believe in like yeah um like I would love to go in-house or like people will say like start your own company and stuff like I wouldn't want to just start an agency and now I'm everyone else's like doing everyone else's work like if they had a new product that i believed in i think i would like love that or if there was someone else's product that i really believed in like i would i would love that yeah but Definitely. i'm gonna try and i'm gonna try and keep this to like one hour so we've got five minutes left yeah <laughs> well well i want to feel this i already asked you what you want to do what what you would like to do in the future i guess with um social so, all right what out of all the things out of all the, the things that you've done even before working like maybe childhood study and blah 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 what do you think what was the biggest like lesson or mm. guiding thing that guided you the most in your like future in my future Ooh. you mean for like my career right yeah yeah mm. So many things. Like, I feel like we're products of, like, everything that happens to us. Like, I'm not here because I'm necessarily, like, talented or, like, got, like, skills or whatever. Like, I think it's just because of everything that's, like, led me to this place. Like, I don't know. Um, so there's a lot. But um, I feel like it's my parents. Like, they were always, like, you can do whatever you want as long as you do it with like all of your heart like they were like you know be a train driver if you really love being a train driver like um we don't care what you do actually <laughs> as long as you do maths to the end of high school <laughs> <laughs> um and i think because they they saw that i was like good about it and they didn't want me to drop it for the sake of it but um mm -hmm. the yeah and also like no matter what you pick just kind of put your all into it um, and so, yeah, that, that has like kind of led me to always like, like follow what like makes me excited. So like when I studied design, it was like, because not because like I felt like the smartest decision, like I had an ATAR or UAI back then, what could have got me into a degree that would have paid more. But for me, like design was exciting. Um, and I felt empowered to do that because the way my parents raised me. And then like whenever I changed jobs or felt unsettled in my current job and was kind of not sure why it's like me whatever I chose next it didn't always make sense and it like maybe wasn't the most financially smart decision but I was following what made me excited and throwing my all into it and ultimately when I look back it was the right decision to make 
Um, but at the time I was like, what am I doing? Like everyone else is like really ahead of me or like doing fantastically by staying in the same job or following the same trajectory. And I'm just like, going, la, 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 la. but um, yeah, for me, like the, that advice uh, definitely like, I think, yeah, made me who I am and transformed my career into where it is now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Glad you, I don't know, like, yeah, I, I like that answer. Like, I'm glad you said that. I feel like even in our borderless talk last year, every someone asked, who's your inspiration to all the designers? And all but one said, like, their mum or their dad. And stuff like that. <laughs> you said your mum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your dad, parents. Yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, but I, I like that answer because it's, like, it's, like, the core of, like, where you started and why you do certain like why you're doing what you're doing and it's not like it's not one boss age 27 in one particular job or uh, maybe for some people if they have that it's definitely um, been a lot of that yeah 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 added to it i've been very lucky with bosses and they're yeah but yeah but i think it's like more like who you are as a person like yeah like some people like uh, one of my friends, like a mentor, she was like, her her values is always about adventure. She She's like worked in different cities and countries around the world. And like, she always like comes to that decision point about like, is this in my values and like adventure? And so that so makes her decision making. And I feel like mine are about like being like the most creative, mm. creatively the feeling. I also come back to like childhood, like woods, 16 year old francisco think this is like a good idea like would he be proud and i'll be like if it, if he so agrees cute. then that's gonna be good <laughs> yeah like, i feel like that moment when i looked in the like student the uni book like about what to study and like i saw that there's a thing called design and people people made the things that we use every day i was mm. like okay that, like that's actually cool but, mm. um, yeah, I, I feel yeah. Like, yeah, whenever I'm lost, it's like reflecting on like, is this, like for me, I think, I mean, obviously adventure is a major value, but like that connection and like that compassion, I think, like if it doesn't feel like it's speaking to that, then I'm like, this is a wrong, wrong move, you know? Yeah, yeah. Those, like... Those values definitely come out clear, like with you, from you, like from from the outset. Like just when you see what you're about and what you put your free time to, and actually me seeing firsthand what that, how those, like what things entail, like to organize these events and be there for Zoom, uh, Zoom meetings and things after work and setting up venues and dealing with all the different things and that's just in the design kits not even in sea shepherd so like it doesn't feel like work you when definitely... you i feel like if you, Maybe, if you yeah if it hard. must be it must be for you because yeah um yeah but like it is whether it feels like it or not like you basically do put your you have your values that are clear like from what you say that you do actually like your time and your actions and your and like what you do it does that too so 
Like I, I see that in you. I can never see you taking a job that isn't aligned to your values or being around people that that don't either. So like, well, that's if I do, you cool. should tell me off. You should be like, Sarah, pull yourself. <laughs> you what, <laughs> what are you doing with that McDonald's chicken nugget? <laughs> <laughs> they're never gonna be a sponsor now what are you yeah. doing <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. all right cool where's your cup of tea oh, you i finished it how good i didn't yeah, even realize i drank it when did i drink yeah, it yeah yeah give me a timestamp. <laughs> mine is cold oh what are you drinking no. sorry i'm drinking actually it's kind of like it's normal tea but with slices of ginger because I'm sick right now, <laughs> and a little bit of turmeric because that's what my mum says to put. It's kind of like a chai, but I just did it. I didn't really boil, brew it. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. yeah. Right. Anyway, how do I end this? How do I, how do you end it? Basically, <laughs> thank this you. Is the best ending. Then <laughs> oh, no. just turn it off. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> All right. Um. What am I going to say? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Thank you, Sarah, for participating in the first recording of the Creative Marinade podcast. Hopefully, the recording isn't a pile of poo and it's good because <laughs> actually, I think we had a great conversation. We learned a lot. It was fun. It was funny. I drank a lot of tea. And thank you. Do you have any final words to say? Um... No, thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, I hope that, yeah, what you're getting from this and the journey that you explore and the questions you ask, like I hope that helps someone because, like, there's always that feeling in your design career multiple times, numerous times, most of the time, <laughs> where you're, like, un uncertain. And I feel like it's when you hear these conversations of, from other creatives that they've felt the same that it help, helps you get through. So, yeah, I'm excited for this. And thank yeah. you for letting me be part of it. Thank you. All right. <laughs>